this story of a baby, a human being, like someone who belongs to something greater and is meant for something greater, however, is born in a very different situation. He still searches for what he wants to become because he deeply inside he knows he has this feeling right that he doesn't belong that he doesn't fit that there is something out there welcome beautiful thinkers i'd like to present this interview with my friend sergio duarte so as i mentioned before a lot of the time when we meet somebody we might have an impression of them so in, in the case of Sergio, when I met him, I saw he was a very well-spoken young man, bilingual. When uh, the first impression of him, I saw him public speaking at a Toastmasters event. And I thought, well, this, this is uh, obviously a very presentable young man, uh, very professional, committed to personal development and many other assumptions. And, and one of those assumptions is like, Oh, I guess he's always been like that, you know, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of silly, of course. That's why, you know, people go to Toastmasters, people commit to self-improvement because they, they want to, they want to be more or they want to be a, something a bit different than what they once were. But we're all subject to this kind of cognitive bias. So it was very interesting to begin to hear about Sergio's story about how he grew up in a marginalized neighborhood and was involved perhaps with some notorious types, perhaps with some people of questionable integrity, involved in some delinquency along the way there, uh, along his path, and also receiving some what we might call grace, some extremely fortunate situations that enabled him to move forward. And also you'll hear about how his curiosity was so valuable in beginning that path of personal transformation. So we'll get into that in a moment. Please jump on to beautifulpodcast.com. Join the Telegram group. I'd love to have you in there. If you want to jump in and start sharing some stories about things that make you happy or feel content or about how you're moving forward in, in your life or perhaps you even need a little support with something. Uh but yeah, there's sources of happiness all around. So I'd be delighted if you share those with us. So jump on to beautifulpodcast.com. You can also use the coupon code BEAUTIFUL2021 to get 50% off a coaching session with me. So on the site, beautifulpodcast.com. And let's begin. <laughs> I'm here with Sergio Duarte, and he's going to tell us a story about growing up in difficult circumstances, overcoming those circumstances, and about changing his sense of identity to start to decide who he wanted to be. How are you, Sergio? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> good to be here with you. So the story begins when you're about 14 years old. So what's what's your your life like? You're in high school at that time, I imagine. Um yes, good question. I think I dropped out of high school <laughs> right before I finished um but yeah, around that. 
Okay, so you're at fourteen. You're you've already dropped down. Um, I don't remember the exact age, but I think by the end of my age, um, no, actually, yes, fifteen. Uh, 14, yeah, 14 I had already dropped out of high school, I just remembered. Okay, okay. So what's what's your community like when you grew up? It's, um, it's a very traditional town, let's say, very conservative in some ways of thinking. Yeah, traditional Mexican town. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, traditional Mexican town, and at the same time, um, it was uh, a region of the city. It is a region of the city that is, say, part of marginalization. So it, like, it is marginalized a little bit in certain aspects, and uh, there is mm. there is poverty. So we're talking about quite quite a poor neighborhood. Yeah, there is poverty, ignorance, um, certain challenges. I mean, that are maybe say not fair, but those are happening. Yeah. What what challenges? Um, a lot of drug abuse. You know, a lot of hmm. uh, situations where there are murders in 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 the neighborhood. Um, hmm. Children being raped, um, wow. drug cartels, things like that. Wow. Okay. So did did you know about that stuff growing up, or you um, or was it like is it? small enough to be hidden or really you just have to know about it uh, even as a child let's just say that well truth is you are protected by your parents as a, as a child right and uh, like family they're try they're trying to get you apart from all of that however at the same time um sometimes it just can't cannot be avoided right yeah. So, do you remember a time when you saw the evidence of this darker part of your neighborhood? Mm, I so like I personally was part of like some of this, maybe not on a not at a very extreme level. For you know, thankfully, um, yes. But um, in my in my own family, my parent always abused used to abuse alcohol and mm. that would bring certain challenges you know at home such as uh, violence like physical violence not very aggressive I mean and, and I love I love my dad he's he's a great man um, mm. but he certainly made me made his mistakes and mm. yeah my mom was very young as well when she became a mom I was the first child and so mm. yeah that that made the situations the situation a little bit worse so mm. so how how does that affect you as a young man you see your father abusing alcohol what do you make of that at first i guess you just don't think about it right you're just born and i don't know that's the way your your dad is that's the way you perceive life to be you think it is all like that and especially you know in the town yeah. or region where i was living I mean, it didn't seem to be very different when compared to other, I don't know, other parents and, and stuff. So, like, I would see other parents being even, like, worse than my own parents or doing uh, other things that were even, yeah, were also very, very bad. 
And so mm-hmm. I didn't question those things a lot, I guess, for that reason. But then, um, I, yeah, I guess that's that's why I didn't think very much about about that. Hmm. And yeah, sorry, deep, deep inside, I still knew that my parents loved me a lot, and they were, like I said, good parents. It was mm. it was just you know certain moments when say my dad was would get angry right or would be under the influence or something like that that they would he would do something that would hurt me right would hurt my mm-hmm. feelings or would make me feel sad or bad or um, not very comfortable about myself that's when I would mm. then start thinking about that but mm. if not then it wouldn't come to mind too often. So I imagine that affects your self-esteem and it's also takes a feeling of security from you because it's like even in your own home you can you can't know how your own father is going to treat you yeah exactly it's not it's not easy (laughs) it's not an easy environment to grow up in so how, how do you describe your sense of identity or what what do you think about yourself at that point um back at that point yeah definitely i mean 14 15 and 16 were some of the i would say well they are, they are just some of the hardest years of my life i mean some of the hardest ones that i've gone through at least as a teenager i do mm. i do remember that i saw myself as probably as a kid who as a teenager you know who was uh suffering from a situation where there wasn't enough money to cover basic needs, you know, mm. a situation where despite there not being enough money to cover up for things, um, my dad would still continue drinking, right, or not be aware of the environment and what he was, like, not doing something about it, you know, not uh, mm. standing up to fix those issues. Um mm. So that was a, a huge thing, and I guess that gave me a little bit of a feeling of becoming rebellious, I guess, and mm-hmm. and knowing that if I wanted something, it would have to come from me. And I was also I've always been very like energ- energetic and very driven. So I guess that also defined who I was back then. Hmm. So you. Okay, so as a response to this difficult environment, you you started to think, okay, so I I have to take responsibility and and make things happen. Exactly. Yes. I mean, at least for myself, right? Like I cannot force yeah. others outside of a situation that they're not uh, that it's not being favorable to them. But at least I can do it for myself. Hmm. So I I think a lot of people in these situations. They might just say to themselves, well, that's just what life has decided for me. Or they just accept things without even verbalizing them. They'll just say, that's how life is. Why do you think you had that response to say, okay, I, I'm i going to make something of myself or I'm going to do something for myself? Um, I think um, that's that's a great question, you know, and I, and I sometimes I do keep asking myself that question because yeah i mean i i I consider myself you know even though we're all 
we we all may be selfish sometimes and i am a selfish per- person sometimes um mm-hmm. i still do see a big sense of interest in others and and or like say mm-hmm. when i see somebody suffering or ex- or or see how somebody's experiencing pain i i get this feeling of um well i i just i'm empathetic right i feel empathetic and try have that feeling of wanting to help them overcome mm. that and so when that happens i just ask myself okay this person could um do what i did right like i like even right now i mean whenever I face a challenge, like I know what I have to do and it's not easy and it costs a lot of energy, time, money, right? And it's really not easy at all, but I still do it, right? And so I wonder why do these people uh, don't do it? So yeah, um, circling back, I guess I would say it was, I think it's, it's always been this idealistic uh, part in me that makes me believe hmm. that I am special, right? Or that mm. I can do something if I'm really determined to. Mm. Probably coming, to be honest, probably a lot of it coming from the movies I used to watch as a kid, right. you know? Uh, like Which movies? All the superhero movies, say Hercules, that's one that I, that I really, really like. Um, mm. And, you know, it's this story of, uh, you know, a baby, a human being, like someone who belongs to something greater and is meant for something greater however is born in a very different situation i mean well it's it's mm. not born it's brought to right after birth uh when when he is <laughs> stolen right uh he gets kidnapped yeah. uh he's brought to a different environment so i i guess he still searches for what he wants to become because he deeply inside he knows he has this feeling, right, that he doesn't belong, that he doesn't fit, that there is something out there, and I guess that's that's very similar. I never thought about it actually; it just came to my mind right now. But that's very wow. similar to, uh, wow, that's very similar, yeah, to how I, I guess I was starting to to feel. Yeah, all <laughs> right, that that's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna ask, where do you think that? Uh, <laughs> your imagination or you know the power to imagine comes from i guess that's part of it like if you're watching these movies and you know these these uh these uh roman myths hercules roman or greek i forget um i think he's greek i'm not sure but i think he's greek yeah okay fair enough but yeah these myths certainly serve to feed the imagination so you can start to think about something greater yeah yeah exactly yeah so i i guess at that point you don't have a a fully formed idea of what you're going to do or who you're going to be uh what's what's going on in in your life and what what do you what do you start doing i am going to tell you something that i Hmm. honestly i don't talk about uh, often and very very few people know about me but i guess this is mm. about this is going to change at this moment but um okay <laughs> <laughs> back in uh back when i was 
um, 16, but yeah, between mm. 15 and 16. Um, and this is very funny. I guess it's very relatable to all of the uh, hip hop stories and like rapper rappers mm. stories and all that. I found so I've always been very passionate and very interested in in things that move humans to take action and and do things and so one of those Mm. things i actually found a feeling in music you know i actually found a very deep interest in in music and i wanted to Mm -hmm. to use that um i definitely felt felt very related to eminem and Mm. his story in a way at least you know definitely by uh, listening to his music and and you know watching his mu- movie and all the stuff that he went through um mm-hmm. that's something that definitely hit me and i felt identified with mm-hmm. and um and so what happened was i suddenly got this idea of wanting to become a rapper right like at some point i said that's it i get it I'm going to be a rapper, right? And I managed to put myself in a uh, recording studio and two different recording studios, actually, and I recorded two songs, which to me, it was phenomenal. I felt really, really nice. But was this like, had you been practicing for a long time or this was like quite soon after you you decided oh no it did take quite some time i mean i needed to put the money together to pay for the for the studio time it wasn't cheap and i wasn't making uh much money or almost any money so yeah i had to what was your job at the time um my first job actually i was a um I was a delivery guy for a local tortilleria, so like a tortillas place. Yep. They make tortillas there, and and I would uh, jump on a bike and go and deliver them to different stores nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my first job. It paid about uh, 50, no, about 35 bucks a week, 35 US dollars mm. a week. And uh, right. I was. Well, it's all right for for a fifteen year old, I guess. It's, yeah, it's kind no, of decent I was, money. No, I was. No, I was. Yeah, well, yeah, around around fifteen. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was doing. So, when you, I, I imagine what happened. You you probably started writing songs, and and then at some point you 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 decided like, ah, oh, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm go- I'm actually going to be an MC. Or, or what was the process of you changing your identity like that? Yes, exactly. I mean, it went, it went, it went like that. I had this feeling, and I started to realize or to put the pieces together on what I would need to achieve that. Right, and so I started mm. writing my own songs and started to think about how I felt, uh, people in my mm. life, of course. And exploring uh, beats that there were out there and I could listen to and would give me some inspiration. Um, I would make some friends in in that area, in that space, you know, who were also maybe wanting to or trying to become a rapper. And so, yeah, things started to flow a little bit and that's how it was going. Mm. What were you writing songs about? 
um, about love. If I remember, they were mostly about love. So either being in love about someone or someone not loving you back <laughs> or uh, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and was that something you had a lot of experience in or is just like, it's what you hear in Mexican music. So you thought, well, that's what I'll write about. I will listen a lot to what there was out there. I mean, not in, not in terms of Mexican music, but rather my models would be like hip hop artists from other countries, uh, particularly the U S where that's where the biggest concentration of hip hop artists exists, let's say. Yeah. But, uh, most rappers in the U.S. don't rap about love, especially right. unrequited love. <laughs> right. So, so I guess, it is like a, no. I yeah. guess then that would that would yeah that that was coming from my own feelings or thoughts or just something that I wanted to express or to say, or what I thought uh, people would like. Uh huh. Pretty much. Well, did you have like girlfriends or you know love interests? At of course. Fifteen, yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I started very young in that business. <laughs> <laughs> in that business art <laughs> yeah <laughs> you had a business before your first job i guess i guess so yeah. <laughs> uh, were the songs any good being honest i mean i don't think so they sucked <laughs> and that's when I, I i realized that wasn't the thing for me <laughs> uh, um <clears throat> yeah it was a great experience that i learned a lot that's what i can say <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah, in fact, one of the guys that I I paid studio time for, I would just pretty much say that he uh, ripped me off. I mean, I think it was just way too expensive. Uh, then I learned that it was uh, the song that he used was a recycled song that he used on another artist, and that mm. one, that that wasn't the deal. So anyway, yeah, but I I, I did learn quite quite a lot. Maybe my skill set, you know, my situation and and many my surroundings, many other things weren't the right at that moment for me to actually go on and become something bigger in the music world. But I do see it now. Like I mean, at least with the skills that I know how I, I know now, excuse me, in in marketing and, and I don't know, being persistent and business development and this and that and with all the platforms being out there, it would definitely be a lot more competitive, but I do feel like I would at least have a clearer path on how to achieve that dream. Um, sure, but yeah, sure. I just decided to stop that and do something new. You know, I faced I faced the truth, and that's it. All right. What skills do you think you gained trying to be a musician? Negotiating with people and others, at least what deals not to take or what to <laughs> include in or like consider doing things, basic stuff such as a contract, right? Which when you're mm. 15, 16 years old is not as obvious as it is when you're older. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the... what's That's, I guess, what I would say is the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways. How do you think your identity changed? E even though you decided not to pursue a, a career as, as a hip-hopper, what, what changed about your sense of self? There were a lot more changes a little bit later down my... yeah. But wait, but what 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 changed at that point? Because I'm sure something changed, even though it might be small. I think what it changed was, or what it taught me was, how having a dream 
is is never enough, right? And <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's it's necessary but not sufficient. Exactly, and mm-hmm. yeah, you have to face the things that you're not so good at and come to terms with that. You know, admit it, face it, and either work either religiously and relentlessly work on your actual skills like actually getting better at it or just Mm. move to something else altogether Hmm. okay okay so (laughs) fair enough so you you tried something different and you you've experimented and and gave it a fair shot but then decided it wasn't for you what did you do next yeah so the thing is, the thing here is, at at this point in my life, I was still very influenced by the idea of, I just, I really didn't have a purpose, you know, I didn't really understand the deeper meaning and value of things. And due to that, I, my only interest really was to do something that would make me feel, I don't know, powerful or give me money, right? As a, okay. as a post. What, what does that mean? You, d- you didn't understand the deeper value of things. What does that mean? Exactly. Um, it was all vain. Um, Superficial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what that did is it took me to develop some friendships that were not very... Um, healthy beneficial yeah, yeah not very beneficial sure. i was only uh 16 and yeah i got involved in a group of friends that were i'm not gonna say i mean they were not criminals for sure but they were not doing the best thing with their time you know the best things with their time they were just involved in say reselling piracy products or things like that which now that I think yeah. about it, could actually be considered criminal. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not so much in Mexico. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. The context uh, is is different. Yeah, there was that. Um, and then just not being respectful, right? To Like being extremely disrespectful to other human beings, to, to women, mm-hmm. to, um, I don't know, discriminatory even and to people with different uh, sexual preferences, skin colors, um, origins, Mm -hmm. backgrounds, and all that, and very offensive and all that, right? So, Mm. I would... But you saw these people, I I mean, you must have seen something good in them. Was it just you saw that they were making money, or what did you say about them? This is is very important, I think, as as it happens to a lot of us when we are teenagers. We just... I guess we just stick to whatever we have closest to us or what we have the we have a sense that will give us maybe status or will make us look cool or feel part of something, you know, uh, have friends, I mean, do something nice. I don't know. I guess what called me, yeah, from these guys was the fact that they were they were driving super nice cars, you know, they had money that type of thing they were they were cool you know they were like the cool kids right back on uh they make all that money through reselling pirated videos <laughs> <laughs> it was it was clo- clothing uh pieces of clothes so uh i see yeah okay and sorry it wasn't reselling it was like they had a factory where hmm. 
that would uh, make them and then sell them. And so they were very, very identical copies of the original um, piece of clothing. And hmm. in Mexico, you know, um, looking good is very important, right? Like for the culture, like they always, like we always, well, I exclude myself, not because I'm not Mexican, but just because I don't uh, follow that idea. But they always mm -hmm. want to like dress with, uh, designer brand clothes and look nice you know and and appearance basically and i i hate that i hate that a lot but uh anyway so since that's the market and that's what people want i mean they would sell a lot right they would put um mm. a business out of that and set up a business out of that and make um, a bunch of money and that brought to other type of businesses as well and so yeah that's that's what they had going <laughs> and it made me feel other type other types of businesses maybe they will go unnamed sorry maybe you don't want to mention what type yeah, of businesses maybe okay <laughs> maybe okay let's leave it like that fair enough <laughs> all right so they were uh, well this is interesting because these people where well, you can say well obviously they they were quite flawed you know maybe they were making some mistakes but they were also doing something kind of positive like sending sending up this factory having a business distributing like they were they were producing something mm -hmm. so there was like a like some good elements of this to emulate i guess i mean well to be honest if i try to look back at it and and see what was something positive that came out of it? I would say focusing on something that gives you a true sense of meaning and pretty much um, discovering what your what your actual calling in life is, right? Rather than just uh, pursuing superficial and stuff and, and yeah just material things um we would do stupid things like like jump on the trucks and and throw eggs at people on the street right and like stupid things yeah. like those and so i'm not i'm not any proud of that like absolutely not proud of that and <laughs> and i was the one who was the least interested in doing that type of stuff right i would only do it just to fit in right just to be part of yeah. of that group i mean feel cool feel protected feel part of uh, uh the nice uh group in the neighborhood by this time we had already moved my my family and i had already moved to a different neighborhood by the way which was um less a lot less dangerous and a lot less um um let's say very different from from the one where i grew up i was born and grew up mm. and this is something that definitely started making the switch in my life but it still wasn't happening right so let's say i was in a relatively different environment i was in a very different environment for sure however i was i still had some some of that past life inside me right and which is why <laughs> I, I went out looking looking for these people and found them or just saw them right away and went out to went out with them right trying to build something with them so I guess this is something that told me or, or tell us that yes you can take someone who is not the best <laughs> out of a negative environment and put it put him or her 
in a more positive environment. But still, if the person yeah. does not decide to change or, or change, yeah, make something different, um, may still continue to be the same and make that environment worse, right? Make that positive yes. environment a bad environment. And so that was kind of what was still going on in my in my side, yeah. Mm, okay. Hang on. I, th I think we kind of skipped the part. Like, what what do you think they were doing? What do you think those young men were doing that, that was positive? You said something about doing something they believe in, doing something you have that where you have purpose, but they, they weren't doing that, were they? No, no. No, but they were doing, what What were they doing that was positive? I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure how to answer that. I guess I would say making money and giving part of it to their mom. <laughs> yeah. I guess that, yeah, that's, fair that's what I could say. Yeah. <laughs> Helping the ones closest to them. Yeah. But they were, yeah, they were exercising. And they were good friends, at skills. least between, yeah, yeah, between each other. At least I could say that. Yeah. They were good okay. friends. Loyal people. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's important. Yeah. So you you were involved with that organization of that, that <laughs> group of people uh for for a while, like for a couple of years? Yeah, say two years around that. Yeah. Okay. And then what changed? And then some of the most amazing thing happened and that was the beginning of a really nice change in my life and just like really the biggest change that I've made in my life. And that was, I, um, so my mom has always been a really good person and makes good friendships and connections. And so I was offered a job to babysit a five-year-old who was on a wheelchair who is on a, still in a wheelchair. And that was through my mom. My, mo my mom became friends with um, another mom at the kindergarten where my sister was attending as well. So mm. my sister and this kid w were classmates. And they were moving from kindergarten up to uh, first grade, which is in Mexico, first grade or primary school. I have an aunt who is also in a wheelchair. She was born with that condition. She and very similar to these kids. So they both can't speak properly. They cannot walk, of course. They cannot move properly. So they need somebody to take care of them. Hmm. So you you were given this opportunity, this this new job to take care of the this uh this child. In a sense I mean, from from the world's perspective, maybe many people would just see you as well, maybe a criminal or mm -hmm. a hoodlum, a delinquent. But they gave you this opportunity. Why do you think they did that? Yeah, I think I could probably be seen as a as a threat <laughs> um, <laughs> back then. But the, I think the reason why I was given this opportunity was because of. Well, number one, these things I've been trying to share as well uh, while we've been having this conversation, which is even though I was, say, participating in these activities with with this with this group of people and, and so on, um, mm. deep inside, I knew it wasn't right. You know, I knew I shouldn't be doing this. I didn't want to do it. I, I, I it wasn't comfortable. I know it wasn't right. And so, for that reason, I I felt all of that. However, 
I didn't know what else to do, you know? I honestly... I just wanted the result, to be honest. I just wanted to to get that feeling. Um, I just wanted to, to get... Be in that position that I was chasing. And I mm. didn't think about um, what I was doing. Um, and didn't definitely didn't know what would be a good way of getting there, right? I would look at... And truth is, I would look at my other possibilities, say, by... Oh, going back to school and being a good student, right? Or, mm. um, I don't know, going for a trade skill type of job and, and making a good career as a technician. Or, I don't know, starting a family or starting a local taco stand, right? Or a local, local business, something like that. And mm-hmm. I just didn't see much future in that, you know? Or I, I didn't see it any promising, to be honest. I would... I was just worried that at any point, you know, anybody would come to me and tell me a bunch of shit and then make me feel like shit again, you know, and then either. What do you mean? What 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 could somebody say? So things like, oh, you're just, uh, I don't know, uh, you're just, you're ignorant or you're stupid or, oh, you're, the thing, see, this is something and this is part of my uh mindset back then because i was part of this and this is uh, something that i believe studies have shown to be uh, a fact in in mexico and latin america in general which is Mm. you get a feeling of like how cool you are doesn't actually depend on how mm, say how cool people see you or Mm. how cool you appear appear to be to people it's not mm. related to how cool you actually are, but rather okay. how cooler you are than the rest, you know? Cooler ah. than you are th- to them. So, okay. if you suck and you're 0.0001 and actually the whole population in the country is at that level, but you are 0. 0.0002 then wow you made it right like you're not even <laughs> like you're not even cool but you're cooler and therefore you are the coolest and therefore like it's the it's the best right so even if but wait I, i'm not sure i uh, i get the full picture what how does that relate to running a taco stand is like if you run a, a taco stand then you're just not successful because it's just a regular like business. some people would see it like that yeah Okay, and you were you had that insecurity, like if, if yeah, just yeah, exactly. probably relating back to your childhood experiences exactly. with your father, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, and and you know what, probably like I'm I'm judging too much right now, probably, and it's not, yeah, it's not like maybe people will not see it like that, but some people will see it like that, you know, and mm. and just say bad things about you or tell you bad things or just i know for me personally look down on you i'm very grateful to have those taco stands i know (laughs) so am i (laughs) yeah and uh and yeah still some people will look down on them you know some a lot of people look down on house cleaning like housekeeping uh workers people who work in the field in the countryside you know they look down on them and and that's what sucks right and mm. and that was that's exactly what, what 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 I was insecure about, and I I just I knew I didn't want that, and that's why I was doing stupid things, right? Just so I would avoid feeling like that and being like that. 
later on, my perspective changed a lot. But back then, mm. it was like that. Yeah. So why why do you why do you think they gave you this opportunity to to do the babysitting? So point one, again, back to my own philosophy or ideal of being an, an idealist, right? I consider myself a good person or I would still see myself as a good person. And I would mm. feel or have a sense that certain people would see that in me. And I think this person, like um, this kid's name was one of them. And at the same mm. time, my mom, like I said, she's always been a great mom. And she also shows that, I think. Mm. And this person saw that in my mom. This person, by the way, so let's just give them uh, some random names <laughs> so I, we can relate to them. Julio. So Julio was the dad. Uh, Claudia was the mom. And uh, Pedro was the kid. Okay. So Pedro, the whole family, they were in a very, very different situation to the one where I grew up, right? Um, they were a lot more educated, like a whole lot more educated, um, informed, cultured. Um, they were very good people, very selfless, right? Where I was, as opposed to that, I was raised in an, uh, in an environment where you need to take care of your stuff and, and not share, preferably not trust others because they will take it away from you, right? And this mm. person was all the opposite and that, make a huge impression on me like mm. the whole family so was the opposite what is, what is the opposite they were willing to trust you exactly that's one thing what what else they would give first without expecting anything in return wow mm -hmm. and another thing for which another reason for which i think um i was given the job is because of my aunt who is in a wheelchair mm -hmm. i guess claudia <laughs> saw this uh, in mm. my family and knowing that I grew up with my aunt like this because I, I'm actually very, very close to my aunt, mm. the one on a wheelchair. She, she, her and I are very close and I guess this gave her a lot of confidence and also the fact that I have three younger siblings. So mm. I guess that tells something about me being accustomed at least to being with kids, right? Yeah. When you... How long did you work as a babysitter there? It was about, I mean, formally in the school because I would come to the school and take care of the kid at school uh -huh. for about two years. Yeah, okay. So during that time, I imagine that family had a big impression on you. It's like you, you started to realize, huh, there is a different way, mm -hmm. a very different way exactly. of seeing the world. Exactly. And here's where the magic happened. I mean, this family introduced me to other families <laughs> that were like them, you know, and that, and I was like, wow, I was blown away, right? Because to me, it was like, wow, this family, they're so cool. They love, they would treat me like an other child, you know, and I was 16. Wow. I was a teenager uh, still, and they would treat me like another son of theirs because, of course, they love their kid. And, you know, when you have a child with special needs, uh, it's a very delicate matter you have to be very careful mm. about a lot of things and you really need to surround yourself with people who look at your son just as another kid, right? Like like a son, yes. not like not like not like a kid with disabilities, right? But just like another yes. child. And and that's what yes. I always did. It came natural to me. And their parents saw that and I guess that's also part of the reason why they developed a lot of um uh, goodwill towards me. 
And mm. it was a very, very transfer transformative relationship. And so to me, I was like, wow, these people are amazing. They're so cool. Um, they treat me nice. And then they go and introduce me to friends of theirs. And I'm like, wow, and there's more of them. This is unbelievable, right? And so... <laughs> Um, it was it was incredible. I then joined, thanks to an invitation, I joined a Toastmasters group, mm -hmm. which is all about communication and leadership. And I found good people, you know. I found people who were very different. I found people who stopped um, complaining and were actually doing stuff. I found educated people, cultured people, nice, uh, kind, gentle human beings. <laughs> who were mm. different to what I was accustomed to, who would give me a ride back home from the meeting once a week for nothing, right? For like at at ten forty five p.m. at night, by the way, uh, for nothing in exchange, and that just felt really nice. And I was like, I I was very inspired to be honest. I got moved, and I was like, wow, I want to be like them, you know. And 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 I <laughs> started to find my my own purpose and my own my own why what was your why i was deeply influenced by peter's dad who is a very successful um business person and he was the one who introduced me to this concept of why by simon sinek after several developing ser several Uh, exercises and deep thought and so on, I concluded that my why was to create tools that people would use to express their own talent, right? That tools, tools that would facilitate other people to express their talent just because I think that is exactly what happened to me and what changed my life completely and took mm. me from very, very likely being either dead right now or in jail to, or at the very least married to somebody that I didn't plan on marrying and ch children, I having children I didn't plan on having and a job I hate. Um, yes. Took me from that to a position where I know exactly what my purpose in this life is. I feel fulfilled every day when I wake up and, and do what I do. Um, of course, my life isn't perfect and I, I have a lot of issues as well, but I couldn't be more grateful and and happier for the mm. position in which I am today. And so that's all thanks to the fact that I was given an opportunity to express my own talent, right? And do something with what I, I know and what I have. Mm. I, I'm not so familiar with Simon Zinnick. Uh, I think I've seen a couple of his speeches. But um, when you say like finding the why, it's basically like finding your life's purpose mm -hmm. or so something that you really value. Exactly. It's like that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm curious, like when uh, Julio started asking you those questions, were you receptive to them? In fact, he didn't ask me any questions or anything like that. I was the one uh -huh. who approached him. I was the one who started ah. chasing him, you know, like, like I said, I just saw him <laughs> and I, and I, I, I just saw him and I got inspired because I was like, wow, this guy, he's actually from Argentina. He's not Mexican. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, there's this human being who comes from another country, which name I can't even remember, but speaks <laughs> 
like this amount of languages and drives this nice car and is still a really nice dude and doesn't have any bad mm. intentions and seems to be very smart, knows how to have a conversation. His wife loves him, you know, he, he like all these things. And I was like, wow, I'm inspired. I want to be like that guy. And like, I would listen that he would travel to this place called Europe. And I was like, what the heck is Europe? Right. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that inspired me a lot. Okay. I want, I want something similar to that. I want to have that sense of uh, fulfillment and, and be a cool dude. Right. All right. So this guy was cooler than cool, cooler than that point zero zero three <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> What did you ask him? I would start to ask questions like, so what is it about, right? Like, what is that meeting that you go once a week about? What language do they speak in that place called Europe that you went to? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Things like that. So it's still like kind of innocent questions. It's like you Uh, you have no idea about the world and just start asking questions. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. <laughs> it's kind of cool because you, I, I guess you had to have, what's the word? I mean, kind of courage or like perhaps you, you didn't know if the questions you were asking were kind of silly or, <laughs> yeah. or you, you know, it's kind of betraying your, um, the, how little you knew considering where you were from. And, uh, yeah, you just went ahead and asked. It was like that boldness. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, daring to, to ask, not being afraid of whether the question that I asked was, <laughs> um, silly or not. <laughs> yeah. And you got more answers than you could have expected. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you, you know, that's a, that's something very valuable, like being curious, being willing to ask questions, uh, that really, I mean, that can make a huge difference in a person's life, right? I definitely think so, 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, it's also like you you were willing to take care of some, somebody else. And and that's why, that's I assume that's why you accepted the job because you, you knew, uh, because you cared for your aunt so much, that's, that's why you accepted the job. Or what? Did you have some other reason? I guess I've always one thing, you know, even if my even if my dad um was maybe not very careful with his words sometimes or um similar things, I mean stuff like that, he still he still always taught me about caring for the elder and the mm. ki- and the kids and then being mm. respectful to them you know and right. um and that helped me a lot and i guess yeah. i had that sense of ownership for situations related to that mm. and i simply wanted to be able to get involved and contribute and help mm. yeah so you said to me before the interview that an important point about this story is about questioning your surroundings and questioning how you see things. Do you want to make a, a comment about that? Sure. I wasn't 
still at that point I still wasn't very aware or very active on that part of questioning my surrounding and my own thoughts and, and my automatic behaviors but I think I would say it comes down to not letting not letting that path that most people are telling you to follow mm. influence the way you're going to make your own choices, you know? Hmm. Okay. So when pe people can tell you a whole bunch of things, but if, if you really believe in something, then maybe it's worth following. Exactly. And, and there comes uh, <laughs> one great piece of Eminem's song <laughs> back to how he influenced me where mm -hmm. he says, you can do anything you set your mind to. And I, I really believe that in, in a certain way, right? Of course, there are mm. certain limits and stuff, but um, I really believe that. And that's part of what got me very inspired right at that same point in my life to learn English on my own. I actually never went to any school or attended right. like any, um, yeah, any, any type of academy to learn the language. I just... Did it all on my own under about in about six months, oh. and um, this all happened through listening to music and reading books, watching movies, and talking to strangers on the street. You know, I would see expats <laughs> like I would see expats walking on the street speaking English, and I would approach them, literally approach them, and ask them, "Hey, I'm learning English. Would you mind?" talking to me or like can we talk or like can i practice <laughs> and out of all of those times i promise you only once just once this lady looked at me and went like do i know you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that it was it was great yeah wow that's a yeah it's so important it's that that boldness again there's a I, I did a similar thing, not quite as, as confident the way you did it, but um, when I was learning Spanish in Medellin, I would finish classes around 12 and just go to the cafeteria and just sit, sit next to people and say, hey, I'm learning Spanish. Can I, can I talk to you? <laughs> and it definitely made a big difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes you friends too, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, some people I, I talk to then, I, yeah, I'm still friends with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, is there any other wisdom that you want to share from your story? Anything else you think is important? I've seen and heard and even been through a lot <laughs> at mm. my at my very very young age, mm. um, and still, I would say. There is no such thing. Um, there is definitely not such thing as one size fits all type of thing. Um, there is, there is hmm. really never anything like like that. And it comes down to absolutely everything, from the way you eat 
and the way you think about yourself to mm. the way you run a business or live your life or have a relationship or really almost any of that and mm. you really have the, the the you're really capable and you really have the power to shape your own little world in in by the way you think about things mm. how you interpret them yes yes it's definitely true yeah is there something you want to promote maybe you want to t talk about your freelance services or or something else uh thank you no i mean i i, I don't really <laughs> i don't really feel okay uh, uh what i would like to say <laughs> though is um if anyone wants to i mean i i honestly decided to jump on this conversation more from a um personal yeah point and like yep a you know something more intimate let's say and to really share uh -huh. this story and connect with others so mm -hmm. when it comes to to that i would be more than happy to listening to other some really like some other really amazing stories i know like probably i know for sure people listening also have some really amazing stuff to share so if that's mm -hmm. the case just uh hit me up on social media just send me a dm i would love to connect with people especially Wait, on today instagram or where where is best yes any social media at sergio d-e d-u-a-r-t-e at sergio de duarte on uh -huh. any social media. Okay, great. All right, I, I can add you to the the a beautiful thought Telegram group, and people can find you in there too. Beautiful. Thanks. Cool. Okay. That. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for telling your story and and uh, giving hope to a lot of people out there who might not come from the best circumstances, and they can see that there there are ways out, and they can change their minds and change their, their thoughts and habits and their lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, and as much as I may give any hope, I'm also receiving it and giving it to myself too. So, <laughs> uh, thanks. I appreciate that. And thank you everyone for listening. That's great. A beautiful thought. Thank you for coming along for the ride. So I'll just mention a, a couple of ideas about that. First, I'll just expand on my coaching services. So a lot of the time people come to me, they might have some problem with their emotions or problem interacting with their emotions. They don't always know how to interpret them. Or they might be at a stage in their life, they're at a kind of crossroads, and they're not sure how to move forward. Now, when we can make the assumptions about situations or about our internal worlds a little more conscious, we can begin to see them for how they are and maybe begin to test them, see if they really stand up to scrutiny. And if they don't, if they don't give us what we're really looking for in life or in our, within ourselves, then we can begin to choose new beliefs, exercise our creativity and imagination imagination imaginativity i think i was about to say <laughs> imaginativity why not and we use those things to create new beliefs when we can see things from a different perspective then we can begin to formulate an action plan something a bit different to what we've previously done and a lot of the time that 
starts cascading some interesting changes in a person's life. So you can head on over to beautifulpodcast.com, use the coupon code BEAUTIFUL2021 and get 50% off your first session. Now, in regards to the interview, I thought it was very interesting how Sergio talked about seeing somebody, seeing Pedro, just as another person, just as another child. It's actually something that Terence McKenna talks about. He says it's one of the qualities of the shaman. So what happens, he gives this example, this fable, where anthropologists come with their cameras and computers and dictator phones and all these things into the jungle and meet this tribe. And the tribespeople don't know what to make of this. And they see the hats and they're looking under the hats and at the clothes and they're just puzzled by the whole thing. They don't entirely see these foreigners as human. But as the anthropologists go deeper into the village, they meet the shaman. The shaman looks them directly in their eyes and he knows that they are human. The other day I saw a fellow walking along the road uh, in the street and he had quite excessive body modifications and I, I noticed that but I also noticed his humanity and many times we might be perhaps even brainwashed to reduce the humanity of others. If we look them in their eyes, we'll see. Yes, they are human. Yes, they are like us. The other thing was about when Sergio said, I wanted to be like them. Listening back to the interview, that really moved me because it's so similar well it's so relevant to my own experience i remember when my friend mr battle told me about the kind of hospitality that existed in mexico and in latin america and i was astounded and and i thought the same i, I said to myself i wanted i want to experience that i want to be more like that <laughs> uh so i related to that feeling so much Perhaps if you look in your own experience, maybe there was a time when somebody special close to you or perhaps somebody you never even met showed you a different way of being and you wondered, maybe one day you could be like that. Maybe now you are like that. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for moving forward in your life and being inspired and enjoying these wonderful stories. And I will talk to you soon.
you want to